What's up, everyone? Hey, thank you for joining us today. This is episode four. I'm your host, Pastor Colton. This is the all-new, brand-new, to-the-point podcast. Let's go. Hey, thank you for watching. Man, we're praying that this adds value to your life. We're praying that this draws you closer to the Lord, that it encourages you, that it challenges you, and that it informs you of what's going on. Hey, thank you so much for liking this. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for all of the awesome comments. Uh, we officially said today that this podcast went around the world. <laughs> there was someone in France that watched this, um, and you're in for another very special treat today. So thank you for being a part. Real quick, before we move forward, this Sunday, May 30th, the one and only Pastor Tony Suarez will be here with us. You don't want to miss. He is a firehouse preacher, uh, and he's going to bring an awesome word. So we want to see you, and we want to see your family here. And now... Let's go to our guest interviewee, brother, pastor, Uncle James Brooks. Man, thank you for being on this podcast, Uncle James. It's an honor to be uh, here. We... I, I really was was surprised that I was asked because most of the things that I do here is behind the scenes. People never know what I'm doing. That's right. So that And that's a huge reason why Brother James is on here today is because everybody needs to know this man. If you don't know him, you're really missing out. But you've been here behind the scenes for a while now. So, so I, that's so. Tell us a little bit about that. I, October will be 20 years that I, I've I've been here with first Faith Tabernacle, then Grace Point, but with Pastor John. Um, 20 years. I started in October of 2001, and in January of 2002, I went brother john and told him i felt like i was called to ministry and he put me to work and i've been working ever since wow and that's awesome that's awesome so and if you don't know brother james i mean he's he's fantastic he's phenomenal so i just want to share a little story so i came in here uh a year ago brother james just accepted me with open arms so much so that i call him uncle james and his wife aunt karen because they're like an aunt and uncle to me they're just so kind and they're always there but i came to uncle james uh, about, I would say, probably now almost two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, with the idea of this podcast. And Uncle James jumped, like I'm not even kidding you all, jumped on it, like so excited for this, so ready for it. What made you want to take a leap of faith and say, hey, let's let's do this, let's not wait. So this is actually your baby. Well, yeah, I suppose so. I do most of the editing work for it. Justin helps me when I need it, but most of the time it's me. Um, and I'm do the I'm the producer. Yeah. And um, I just, you know, when you came to me with it, it just felt like it was the right thing to do. I know there's a big audience out there. The way things are changing now, yeah. where you know you can't really watch regular TV too much anymore. Mm -hmm. So most people they watch podcasts. Yeah. And they stream things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a big, big, big audience for podcasts, especially on YouTube. Yep. And uh, I just felt like, you know, we could probably influence more people towards the Lord if we stepped into that role. Right. You know, um, not necessarily preaching. Uh-huh. Because a lot of things, if, if you're preaching, yeah, they're going to turn you off. Yeah. You know, they have no interest in that. Right. But... There's other ways to reach people yeah. besides preaching to them. And mm -hmm. I felt like podcast would be a good way. 
Yeah. We can influence people's lives. We can help them to live better for the Lord. We can help them to live better for themselves mm -hmm. by offering sound doctrinal biblical advice. That's good. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's what this is all about. And you jumped right on it. But you said, you just said, as we change, as the culture changes, we need to change too. So what are some of the ways, and this isn't on your questions that I gave you, what are some of the ways that you've seen Faith Tabernacle slash Grace Point change in the 20 years that you've been here as we progress? Now, I know like we started like a TV network here, and we were like the first ones to go with live stream. Mm -hmm. And all of this different stuff we've kind of taken as culture and as media itself has kind of grown so has the church talk talk a little bit about that if you will when we when i first started coming to grace point yeah we were um in the mason's lodge we rented okay. a sanctuary from the masons because we had no other place to worship right but we have finally you know in 2005 february of 2005 mm -hmm. we moved into our own building yeah. and we have grown from about 15 or 20 members that came in that Mason's Lodge to now we have a worldwide ministry. Yeah. We have you know, over 500 here. Mm -hmm. We have churches in Mexico, churches yep. in Canada, churches yep. in India, churches in Africa. And we're just a worldwide ministry. And that's not even counting what we do on live stream, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah. We have people all around the world that join us through yeah. virtual means. Yeah. They don't actually come to church, but they're members of our church. So when, when COVID happened and the governor, the government said, hey, you can't come to church anymore, our online audience, our online congregation grew to, what was it, like almost 5,000? Oh, it was huge. Per week we, that we're watching our sermons, watching PJ's sermons? Yeah, but, well, people couldn't go anymore. Yeah. And a lot of churches don't have the technology right. um, or the resources mm -hmm. to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So they, they just started watching the ones that are were available. Yeah. And we made a way through God's help, of course, that we were available, you know, for anybody who wanted to watch. Mm -hmm. You could go online, go to our website, watch, go to our Facebook and watch, go to YouTube and watch. Yeah. There was no subscription for anybody. It didn't cost you anything. All we wanted was for people to watch and get some Jesus. Get some Jesus. That's it. That's the takeaway from the day. Get yeah. some Jesus. That's right. <laughs> get some Jesus. But uh, so there's a word, and I kind of learned about it uh, last year when I was in school. Um, but they called it contextualization, and it really talks about when you're doing missions, how when you go in, you don't completely want to take away everything from their culture because you don't have to with this is the word of God, it fits every single person, no matter what culture they live in. But at the same time, you don't take away doctrine. You don't take away theology. You don't take away any of that. So so, so an example, and I guess kind of where we, where we go as a church is we, we contextualize the culture. We contextualize where we are now. And one of the stories that they said was before Jesus came into this um this uh it was like an aborigine group before before Christ the gospel message was pre presented all the men would take these boys for their uh their right to be a man and they would take them out they would take them camping they would have to hunt but then before Christ before Christ came in 
they would have to go and they would rape one of the girls from their camp. And they would come back and tell these elders about it. And that's how they became a man. Well, missionaries found that place and they told them about the gospel. They told them about Christ. So now, whenever they still have their, hey, this is a week. We're going to take you and teach you how to be a man. Now they teach these young boys about how to be a servant. And the boys, they still go into the girl camp, but they serve. They wash the girls' feet, and they serve them dinner. They serve them for a night, and then they come back, and that's their rite of passage to being a man. So it's contextualization. You're not trying to change everything about a people group, and we're not trying to, I guess we're not trying to change the world. Is We're just trying to fit in a little better. Well, yeah. Um, we don't want to change anybody except for to help them understand that it's not about being in control. We're not trying to control anyone. Yeah. All we want to do is love you, and we want to teach you how to love others. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Jesus was all about. Yeah. He was about love. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything he did, even the night that he was taken to be crucified, Peter pulled his sword out and he cut one of the servant's ears off. Yeah. Now, me being a man, I'd be like, you're lucky he didn't do worse, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. Jesus didn't do that. He picked it up and put it back on. Yeah. Because yeah, he loved the people that were taking him to kill him. Yes, sir. And he knew what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's all we're trying to do as, as a church. Yeah. As Christians, mm-hmm. as community. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to teach people about love. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's really good. But yeah, and that's the whole reason for this podcast. And that's why you were so on board with it. You know, our whole goal was to reach our congregation outside of a Sunday service. It's to reach the people at Grace Point and just to draw them a little bit closer to Christ. And yeah, thanks again for doing that and for letting us do it, really. Because for me, I mean, it was just an idea for me. And this this is why you need people in your life that can see the vision is because it's you you saw it. Oh yeah. It was just an idea for me and that's all it would have ever been. And you took the reins and you grabbed that. So if you don't have an Uncle James in your life, you need one, folks. You need one. All right. So um before before you got to the church, you were an LPN, is that right? Or an RN? I was an LPN. LPN. Um I actually worked in the medical field for about ten years. Yes, sir. Um well actually 12 years, but two years was I was an AT, which mm-hmm. is an administrative technician. Uh-huh. And basically what that is is when the doctors write orders, you take the orders and translate them so the nurses can understand them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but for about 10 years, I was an LPN. Uh, I started off working in a nursing home, and then I transferred to working for LSU, and I became an LPN too. Uh, I was a geriatric and telemetry specialist, okay. so I dealt with elderly people, and I dealt with people that had heart problems. I learned how to read telemetry strips. Wow. Um, I learned about all the medications mm-hmm. that those people had, all the diseases that they dealt with. And on top of that, since LSU is a teaching hospital, part of my job was to check behind doctors to make sure that one of the student doctors wasn't fixing to kill their patients. Didn't make a mistake. <laughs> right. That's an important job. So, man. I worked there and did that for about five years. And I'm not trying to brag, mm-hmm. but I became so good at it mm-hmm. 
that for a while they would even just call me doctor around there. Really? Even though I was wow. just an LPN. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't even have as much authority as an RN. And with you, I think that's so cool how God's taking your gifts to go behind people to, to kind of fix their mistakes or edit what happened and you're doing media now mm-hmm. and you can take everything that's going on and you edit it and fix it before you present it to people. That's what I try to do, yes. That's awesome. I think that's kind of cool. That's kind of one and the same. I like how God works like that. <laughs> that's really cool. So you've been here, you said 20 years in October. Right. All right, so this is this is why we wanted to bring you in, Uncle James, is we wanted to talk about consistency with you and really loyalty to Grace Point, to Pastor John, to Sister Tiffany, is the loyalty that you and Sister Karen and, and Aunt Karen have for this church and for these people because a lot of the times man and you've seen it you've seen it so often sir is people come in and then they go oh yes and people come in and they go so talk to us a little bit about loyalty what's what has kept you faithful for those 20 years i know that god called me here okay yes sir um and it was kind of strange about how i came here mm-hmm. Because I had a cousin that he and I grew up like brothers um, till we were like 12 years old. And then my parents got divorced. And he moved with his father and I moved with my mother. So I didn't see him for several years. Mm -hmm. And one day I was at work and the phone rung and I answered it. And it was him. Mm -hmm. And he told me that he had moved back to Monroe and he would like to see me. So I made an arrangement to go have dinner with him. Well, that night, my wife and I went to the restaurant, and we sat down on this bench in front of the restaurant to wait for him. And a few minutes later, this man walked up, and he was in a nice three-piece suit, you know. And his wife walked up there beside him, and he stood there for a few minutes, and then he looked over at his wife and said, See, I told you he wouldn't recognize me. It was him. The last time I had seen him, he was riding a motorcycle covered in tattoos, Mm -hmm. uh, had hair down to his backside, you know, and looked nothing like himself. Yeah. You know, but uh, we went in and we had dinner and he invited me to come to church with him. And first off, that was a miracle because where he was the last time, uh, he wasn't going to church. Let me (laughs) just put it like that. Yes, sir. Um, So, but we came and that's when we met Brother John and we decided that this was where God needed us to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I made, I came to the conclusion, you know, I gave my life to Christ when I was eight years old, but I wasn't living it. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I came to the conclusion, even though I thought I was saved, Mm -hmm. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So I rededicated my life to Christ, and then uh, God started doing something in me. Um, we started having Bible studies at my house. And the more Bible studies we had, the closer I would get to God. That's awesome. You know? Yes, sir. And then it got to something weird happened. Um, and I, I printed this out because I didn't want to mis- misquote it. Every time I opened my Bible, I opened it to the same verse. Really? No matter how I opened it, I could drop it <laughs> on the floor. And it would open to the same verse. Okay. Yes, sir. And that verse was First Peter 5, 2 through 5. And it says, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, 
not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Wow. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And, you know, I, I, I kept looking at this, yeah. this passage, mm-hmm. and I started praying about it. I'm like, I know you're trying to tell me something, God. What is it? Because, I mean, it's obvious what it's saying, feed the flock of God. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't seeing it. Yes, sir. You know, it was like my eyes were closed to what it was saying. Okay. Yes, sir. And I, I prayed about it, and I prayed about it, and finally, my cousin came by one day, and I opened my Bible, and it came to that verse again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, every time I open it up, it comes to this verse. And I know it's saying something, but mm-hmm. I can't understand what. And he looked at it, and he says, well, that's just so obvious. And he just read the first few words, yeah. feed the flock of God. And I'm like, I know what it means. <laughs> so I came, and I sat down, and I talked with Brother John, mm-hmm. and... Um, that's when I stepped into ministry. Yes, sir. And uh, just to me, if I don't do what that says, if mm-hmm. I don't feed the flock of God, then I'm not doing what God has called me to. Yes, sir. And right now, I know that this is the place that he's called me to feed the flock. Right. Okay. Yes, sir. Now That's good. That's really good. That doesn't necessarily mean being... Mean me being in the pulpit preaching yes, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to make sure that the flock gets the word. Yes, sir. And the way I do that right now is through video editing, audio yes, editing. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm the audio visual director. Mm-hmm. That is something that I taught myself. Um, pastor just happened to mention back when we were in the Mason's Lodge <laughs> that one day we were going to go on TV, mm-hmm. and people laughed at him. Really? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And then when we moved in here, he happened to mention it again, so I started studying. Yes, sir. And when I felt like I was ready, I went to him and I said, why don't we try this? Yeah. And we started, and we've been doing audiovisual stuff ever since. We were on TV for a while yeah. until the FCC changed the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it where you had to put closed captioning in every episode. Uh, okay. Yes, sir. And that was going to run us like $300 an episode oh, wow. <laughs> to do that. We couldn't yeah. afford it. So mm-hmm. that's why we went to do an internet yes, instead sir. of TV. Okay. But, you know, we, we're now on TV, I mean, on internet um, at least twice a week, mm-hmm. sometimes more. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we're on different medias on the on internet. In other words, you can watch us through different apps, yes, sir. you know. And um, and you are feeding the, and flock feeding the flock of God. And if you're listening to this and you keep opening your Bible to that, come talk to me because God's probably calling you to do something too. That's awesome. I've never heard a story like that, how it's just so obvious. But I want to I ask you something because you said something, and I know this was true in my life too. You said you gave your heart to the Lord when you mm-hmm. were eight. But you didn't start living for him until you rededicated your life again. When when were you? Twenty one? Is that what you said? Uh, no, I was twenty. It was in two in uh, two thousand one. Two thousand one. So, so for, I was thirty one. For me, for me, I was seven years old when I gave my heart to the Lord. But I didn't really devote my life to him until I was twenty. Mm-hmm. Twenty one years old. How do we miss that? Is it because it beca- is it because of the discipleship? 
issue, you think, or is it because... I think it's because a lot of people don't understand the Word of God. Okay. Um, I grew up Southern Baptist. Yes, sir. And I have nothing against the Southern Baptist. I think it's a great organization. Yes, um, but one of the things that I was taught was once saved, always saved. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, that's not what the Word of God says. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it says that no man can take you out of the hand of God. Mm-hmm. But it says nowhere in there that you can't jump out on your own. Right. Yes, sir. You know. Yeah. So. That's good. And I've seen I've seen that too a lot. Um, a lot in the the Southern culture. Really, and it's just—I mean—it's just such a tradition-based culture we live in. And we say, you know what? I'll come give my, give my heart to the Lord one day, or I'll confess this. That mm-hmm. way, He'll have grace and mercy for me to go do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that is—that's a misinterpretation of God's word. Exactly. Completely. Yes. And, and that's what we fell under, you know. Yeah. Or, or I did anyway. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Because I understood it that I was saved. Mm-hmm. Even though I was living for the devil. Yeah. You know? Yes, sir. Um, and when I realized that and got it right, mm-hmm. I had to change multiple things in my life. Yes, sir. Um, well, I wanna, I'm going to defend uh, the Southern Baptist because I was, I was raised Southern Baptist too. And not that you've said anything wrong. I talked, to, I talked to one of my old Sunday school teachers about that. And he said that you are not truly saved if you turn against God. Right. He was like, that is not true salvation. He said, true salvation is when you live for him every day. When it's a when it's a renewal of your mind every day in Christ, it's following his word. He was like, if you came down at seven and gave your heart to the Lord and then was living for the devil, you weren't truly saved Ex- and set exactly. free. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. And I, I believe that too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I did not understand that. Yes, sir. I thought just because I said... Hey, you know, I trust Jesus. Right. You know, and same. I, yeah. And I went same thing. Went through the little baptism or yes, sir. Took me a bath or however you want to say it. I yeah. actually got double dunked because I was so short. <laughs> they put a cinder block in the bottom of the baptismal. Nice. And the preacher dunked me, mm-hmm. and I got up and I had water in my eyes. I couldn't see, so I stepped off the cinder block and dunked myself. Oh <laughs> man, that's awesome. That's all. I wish we had some video footage of that, but not then, huh? Not then. That not was, then. That was many years before we had a video available like we do now. Yes, so. sir. So uh, another question I have for you is: is we've talked about it. You've seen a lot of people come and go. Mm-hmm. Do, why is it that you feel like people just jump off of ship? Do you feel like they see a bigger ship passing by and they think, oh, if I get on this ship, it's going to go further? Do you feel like if the waters get a little bit rocky, stormy, people are worried. Do you think people have been church hurt in the past mm-hmm. and they're afraid that's going to happen again? Why do you see people come to Grace Point and leave? Well, I've seen several different things happen. Um, one of them, which is the preferable one, is you know they come here, they get saved, they get real involved. And they get called somewhere else. Okay, yeah. And, and and that's good. Yes, sir. When that happens, hug them, let them go. That's, yeah. You know, and that's Pastor John saying, too. That's, yeah. Yeah, because the they're doing what God has called them to do. Yes, sir. You know. But I've also seen people come here, and they just disagreed with what the pastor had to say. Okay, yes, sir. So they got mad and left. Mm-hmm. Again, hug them, let them go. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is not where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen people come here. And they get involved, 
they get to doing what the, the Word has called them to do, but they're just not ready to completely give their heart to God. Mm. And they can't do what they want to and what the Word has called them to do right. at the same time. They want to live in the world, not live in the Word. And life is just so miserable when you're in that moment. Yes. In that, when you live in that one foot in, one foot out, there's no peace in life. There's yeah. no real joy in life. There's no real fulfillment in anything that you're doing. Yeah, that's yeah. just true. They, they have a hole in their heart. Yes, sir. Not medically, but right. spiritually. Right. They have a hole in their heart, and they're trying to fill it with something. Mm-hmm. And they're not quite ready to let God fill it, so they try alcohol, yeah. drugs, mm-hmm. pornography, mm-hmm. whatever the world has to offer. Yes, sir. And it's not just those things. There's other things, too. But they're trying the other things to fill that hole. It's good. When all they would have to do is just completely surrender to the Lord that's and good. He would fill it for them. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's really good. So how do we how do we continue to 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 pastor, to disciple, to feed those people? How do we feed the flock of God that has that hole? Well, one thing and it's it's gonna sound a little strange, but one thing you have to do is let them do what they want to do okay. and pray for them. I, that's because, good. That's good. That's really good. I wanna I wanna talk about that a little bit. Uh, here's the thing: if you come to church, yes, sir, and you wasn't saved, mm-hmm. but I forced you to come down to the altar and and pray the sinner's prayer, right, and then go back and do your thing, mm-hmm. are you really saved? Mm. Because yeah. you, you're not doing it because God made you do it. You're right. doing it because I made you do it. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's good. So until God moves on them, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, they're not going to accept salvation. Right. I mean, you can do everything you want to, but it's not going to work. They're mm-hmm. not going to be truly saved. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is tell them, you know, show them the right way. Mm-hmm. Be an example. Be the light. Yes, sir. Be that light. Mm-hmm. And pray for them. Yep, that's that's really about all we can do as as yes, humans. And that's when 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 uh Bishop or PJ came on, he said prayer precedes purity, precedes power, yes. in that order. Yes. And I have been convicted before, and I may have told you and Brother Justin this before. I have been so convicted before about talking about somebody's issue. Mm-hmm. And God said, when's the last time you've prayed for that person? Right. And I'll be just mention it in passing to Reagan. Hey, you know, this is going on with so-and-so, or this is what's going on with so-and-so. And God's hit me dead in my tracks before I got to Grace Point. So it's none of you lovely folks. <laughs> he stopped me, and he said, when is the last time you prayed for him? And if you're not praying for him, you better not be talking about him. That's right. And that was so good to me. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what Pastor said. Power, purity, uh, or prayer, purity, and power. And the thing is, it's not just prayer, Mm -hmm. but it's a specific prayer. Yes, sir. You can't just say, oh, Lord bless Justin. Right. You know, if if you know he's not living for the Lord. Yes, sir. Uh, What you have to do is you pray that the Holy Spirit will lead him to the Lord Mm -hmm. because... The Bible says no man comes into the knowledge of the truth without the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Good. Yes, sir. So you have to send the Holy Spirit to him mm-hmm. to lead him to the Lord. 
um, so that he will have the knowledge that he needs salvation. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It was explained to me like this. You go out to the beach and you see a man out there and he's drowning. You can tell he's drowning. And you swim out and you try to help him and you grab him and you pull him back up to the shore. Well, if he don't know he's drowning, he's going to drown you too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. so you've got, he's got to know yes, sir. that he needs God. So mm-hmm. what you pray for that's so good. is that the Holy Spirit will open his draw eyes yes, and draw him mm-hmm. to God. Yeah, man, that's so good. That's so good. PJ says this a lot. He said, uh, he says that people, a lot of people are for where you are now, but mm-hmm. they're not for where you're going. Right. They're for where you are now, but they're not for where you're going. You've been there for now and for where we're going because mm-hmm. somebody said this consistency compounds. Consistent when you're consistent and, and, and we celebrate all the wrong things in our culture, right? We celebrate when you start something mm-hmm. and then when you finish something. Mm-hmm. But we don't celebrate the in between, in the middle, the consistent in the middle. So I wanna celebrate you for being here as long as you've been and being consistency and seeing that consistency compound in your life and for our church, for the ministry that you've done for our church has been fantastic. It's been wonderful. What can you say about the power of staying in one place? This is not even a question that I showed you earlier, (laughs) but the power of staying in one place. Um, That's sort of a strange question a difficult question to answer okay um there you go to the point five guess <laughs> yeah curveball yeah curveball <laughs> uh staying in one place when i was younger yes sir let, let me start with this when i was younger mm-hmm. i went to a church service and there was a, a guest evangelist in it, it wasn't this this denomination which we don't we're non-denominational but Yes, sir. I'm not going to say what denomination, but there was a guest evangelist in. And one of the things he preached on was if you're still here after so many years, then you're doing something wrong. You should grow. You should get out. You should move. Okay. You should take the word Mm -hmm. with you. And to a point, that's true because you should grow. You should spiritually, take spiritually. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you should take the word with you wherever you go. Yes, sir. But that doesn't necessarily mean leave where God has planted you. Mm-hmm. You're only going to grow correctly if you're planted in the right spot. Mm-hmm. You can take a beautiful tree and take it out to the desert and replant it, and it's not going to grow Yeah, because it don't have enough water. Yeah. You can take it to the beach and plant it on the beach where it's got salt water, and it's not going to grow because it's the wrong kind of water. Yes, sir. So you have to be where God planted you. Yeah. And if you're not there, then you won't see growth. That's good. No matter where you are. That's good. Yes, sir. So I I agree to a point with what Mm -hmm. that evangelist said. Okay. Yes, sir. But I don't believe that you should be moving around, jumping from place to place. Yes, sir. Because the Word says that if you're not grounded... Mm -hmm. You're as unstable as a reed blowing in the wind. Mm. And, you know, if you're jumping from place to place and not staying where God planted you, then then you're not grounded. Yes, sir. So yeah. you have to be where God wants you to be yeah. to be what God wants you mm-hmm. to be. 
That's really good. And I asked, I asked Pastor John too. Whenever I first started, it's, I said, "How have you done this for as long as you've done it?" And the exact same answer that you told me earlier, you said, "I know I was called here. Mm-hmm. I know I was called here." Pastor John's had many different opportunities to leave, but he said, "I know God's called me here." So, with that being said, there's a verse that I want to read in First Corinthians, uh, and, and I want to just talk about this for a second. First Corinthians 17. Um, the 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 title of this next paragraph says for me, "Live as you are called." So this is what Paul says: Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition which he was called. And that's really the part I want to talk about. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when you were called? Don't be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself in the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man in the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when he was called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. And now before this, Paul's talking about marriage, and some people think that you know Paul's talking about being married in this, but but that's what I want to talk about. Verse 20, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. What does what is Paul really talking about, Uncle James? Well in that to the circumcision part, uh over in Romans it says, For circumcision verily Verily profiteth, if thou keep the law, but if thou break, be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Okay. So the condition, if you're keeping the law mm-hmm. when you're called, you're circumcised, you're keeping the law, well, Hebrew or Jewish at that time. Yeah. You know, if you go and you break the laws of God that you're keeping, then you might as well not be circumcised. Okay. Yes, sir. So that's what it's talking about there. Uh, and if you're uncircumcised, but yet you keep righteousness, mm-hmm. in other words, like the Gentiles yeah. who were living for God, mm-hmm. Paul, for example, then that's counted as circumcision for you. Okay. Um, over somewhere else in the Bible, and I don't remember exactly where, it talks about don't circumcise your flesh, circumcise your heart. Right. That's yeah. That's somewhere in Romans too, I believe. Yeah, it, it yeah. is in Romans. I don't remember yeah. the exact verse, but you know, the thing is, when God calls you, whether you're living for God, not living for God, whatever, the thing to do when He calls you is to do what He's called you to do. Okay. Yes, sir. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if mm-hmm. if that means that you're not circumcised, yes, sir. in other words, you're not living for God, mm-hmm. then start living for God. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, now, that's not saying go make, oh, just drastic changes in my life, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go start preaching the gospel. And, right, because that's what so many people do. As soon as they get saved, they're like, okay, exactly. I'm about to be a pastor. Yeah. Paul's saying, no, live 
Keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. You know, keep stay stay working at your job, and let's let's let your ministry flow from there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't think you're gonna the day after you get called to serve God, you're not gonna open a multinational church. Yeah. You know, that's not going to happen. Right. You're not going to have 50,000 members. You're going right. to be lucky if your family comes. Yeah. And odds are they're probably not either. Be faithful in the little things. Exactly. The little things. The, the, yes, the more little things that you do yeah. that you're faithful to God in, the more he's going to give you to do. Yes, sir. He's going to place you over bigger things, mm -hmm. more important things. Mm -hmm. And... Eventually, you may get that multinational church. Yeah. You know? I just had a little light bulb going off in my mind. When David was anointed to be king, he stayed doing what he was called to do at that time. That's right. He, he kept feeding the, the, the sheep. He fed the flock of God. That's <laughs> right. He was a shepherd. That's yeah. right. He went back. And PJ's preached that a, a few times. I feel like I've heard him preaching that. Yeah. That can you be called and anointed to be king but still go back and feed your sheep. Exactly. And Jesus, the same thing. Jesus was God's son, and he knew it from as early as age 12. Mm -hmm. Did you not think that I would be about my father's business, teaching mm -hmm. the, the Pharisees in the church, in the temple? So he knew, but instead he he stayed in the remaining in the condition in which he was called. That's so good. But, but then as he grew, before he went into his ministry, he became a carpenter. Yeah. What's that got to do with ministry? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. He was being faithful in the little things because he was serving, mm -hmm. not only serving God, but he was building houses. He was building tables. He was building, you know, pretty much anything. doing honest work. Yeah. Yeah. That, that people needed done. Yeah. He was being a servant. Yeah. And so. I imagine, I mean, I, I don't... I don't know for sure because we missed from age 12 to 30. Mm -hmm. But I bet Jesus was just the coolest person to be around. And I bet he told so many people about Christ or about about God the Father even before he came on scene to do the, the ministry per yes. se. But I bet he was so faithful in when he was working on a wagon or something. Just showing love to people. Yeah, you know he was. And, and it... You said he told so many people about it, but you know there's some people that he didn't tell. Yeah. But they learned it just from observing him. Yeah. Right up to the point where he was crucified, mm -hmm. and they stuck the spear in his side. The Roman soldier that stuck the spear in his side That's said, good. "Surely this man is the son of yeah. God." Yeah. Yeah. You know Jesus didn't tell him that. Yeah. That's so, good. That's so good, Uncle James. Well. Remain in the condition in which he was called. I have one final question for you, sir. One final question. This has been so good for me. Thank you. This has been really, really good. And that's my thing, too, is, man, I see so many young people come into ministry, and then it's not everything they thought it was. It's not, it's not rainbows and unicorns and mountaintops, but it's a slugfest. Mm -hmm. Every day, it's a slugfest. It's it's a battle in the trenches. One one pastor said, "It's mm -hmm. a slugfest in the trenches, and you're doing everything that you can do to make progress." And talking about this today with you, and I want to talk 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 about it with Sister Debbie. Talking about it with people that have done it a long time, it encourages me. 
It really does, and it, it challenges me to do better, to be more consistent in those little things, to be faithful with where I'm called right now. So thank you. If you're listening, that's good stuff, all right? That's good stuff. The last thing that I have for you, Uncle James, yes. is this. What do you wish you would have done? This is kind of the, 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 the running theme with To The Point Podcast. What do you wish you would have done better as uh, a, a babe in Christ? Ten years ago, what do you wish that you would have done better to grow spiritually? And what's something today that you're doing? I guess what's something today that you weren't doing ten years ago that you wish you would have been? That is such a difficult question to answer because there's so many things that I wish I had done before I actually did them. Yes, sir. Um, Ten years ago, I was doing everything that I should do as far as I was studying the Bible, I was praying, Mm -hmm. I was fasting, you know, I was going to church. But the thing that was, I was working. Okay. Every time I was going to church, I was working. Mm. Not. Wow. Not. Um, Worshiping. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, I, not that I was away from God. Right. But I was doing God's work, and I wasn't getting fed myself. Wow. And I heard Pastor say this on the first podcast that you did. Mm-hmm. You know, if you drive in your car and... You know, you're using gas, and you don't put more gas in. What's going to happen? You're going to run out. Well, that's where we went. Yeah. You know, I was I was working, I was serving God, but I wasn't getting fed. Yeah. Uh, so I was giving out the word, but I wasn't putting more in by just sitting and listening to other men of God talk. Okay. Yes, sir. You know. Yeah. Um, then a few years ago, pastor came to me and he said, "Hey, I'm going to this conference." Would would you like to go with me? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, hey, yeah, it's you know, it's a good way to get out of town. <laughs> yeah, you know, yes, I get sir. to spend some time with my pastor, yeah. who I love a lot. Yeah, you know, so yeah, we, I went I went to the conference with mm-hmm. him, and I got fed so much. When I walked out of there, I was like a fellow walking away from a buffet. Okay, you know, yes, I had sir. to unbutton my pants to get a yeah. little bit more, <laughs> <laughs> and it felt so much better. And yes, every since then. I try to get fed where I can. Yeah. You know, I wish mm-hmm. I'd have started that earlier. Yes, sir. So, and, and I'm not talking about a good steak. I'm talking about the Word of God. The Word, yes, sir. The daily yeah. bread. Yeah. That's good. That's so good. Worshiping instead of working yes. when you have to be here on Sundays. And, and Gosh, that's so good for anybody that's in ministry or in a volunteer position to hear, yes. in a leadership position, in Kids Point, is it's not work, it's worship. That's right. Gosh, that's so good, Uncle James. That's right. Thank you so much uh, for everything. Thank you for this podcast. Hey, if you guys have enjoyed To The Point Podcast so far, why don't you give Uncle James Brooks, Brother James, Pastor James, a shout-out on Facebook. Tell him we appreciate him. We thank you. Again, if you're listening to this, please go like us. Go subscribe to this. Go share this with your friends. If you have any questions Okay, you can email them at this right here, podcast at mygracepoint.tv. Podcast at mygracepoint.tv. We want to hear from you. Look, this thing's going to go on for the long time. We're going to be faithful in the little things. We're going to keep going because God's called us to do this. 
Amen. Amen. He's called us to do this. And, uh, man, I'm so excited to see where it goes. Thank you, guys, for listening. Till next week, this is Pastor Colton, and we're signing away. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>